All right. Now that Slee knows that I'm a uh, Katie Heron guy, we can probably move forward with the show <laughs> and get into some not more important things, but some other important things as well. Time to talk a little Rams football. Lindsay Theory joins us right now. She covers the Rams for ESPN. And Lindsay, before we get into your piece, which I thought was absolutely fantastic, your favorite mean girl was which one? Um, probably Gretchen Wiener. <laughs> yep. Good choice. Yeah, she was good. Yeah, she was good. What a movie. That was that when I was in high school. That's forever ago. It's a fantastic. I'm, as long as you didn't say Regina George, we're going to we're going to be fine. No nobody can be a no, Regina. No, definitely George. not Regina George. Lindsay, fantastic. we have we have mean fi- girl. we have 15 more questions just on this movie. <laughs> um, so I hope I hope that that's what you're prepared for. Right, I so, am prepared. Whatever you guys got, fire away. Fantastic. Lindsay, let's start with this and and when the Rams made their decision that Jared Goff was not going to be their quarterback, what, not, not necessarily the decision that what they were going to trade him for to the Lions, but when they decided, you know what, this isn't going to work, was it the culmination of a series of events, a series of games and, and bad games, or was there a breaking moment where Sean McVay said, you know what, this just isn't going to happen anymore? No, you know, we actually we spoke with Sean McVay last week, and um, he was asked multiple times, once you know, by Gary Klein to LA Times, second time by myself, kind of when he lost confidence in, in Jared. And uh, something Sean said was, you know, this wasn't one moment. This is, you know, this, like, people want to put a timeline on this thing or, or pinpoint a moment, and there was no moment. Um, so, really, it, it was just kind of a gradual decline over, over two years. And I think um, maybe what solidified the whole decline was really the moment that he um, started John Wolford. Obviously, John Wolford had to play that Week 17 game, but it was really apparent that there was far more to the John Wolford, Sean McVeigh connection when John started that game. Even though Jared had the broken thumb and whatnot, he's a starting quarterback. He's telling you he can play, Um, but that was a definitive choice that, that Sean McVeigh made very early in the week, well before he knew um, what Jared Goff's capabilities would be with that thumb. So I think that's really the moment that was um, kind of put the nail in the coffin. Um, but, you know, what really is interesting, you guys, is that um, going forward, I mean, it was no guarantee that Jared Goff was going to be traded this summer uh, What or this off season, I should say. What really was apparent that was that going into next season, if they could not unload Jared Goff, that there would be uh, serious competition in the position. Lindsay, I, I'm, I'm curious, when you're putting the piece together and you're ga- gathering all this information and um, obviously you're doing your research, what are some of the things that surprised you? I mean, What, what kind of jumps out to you, that relationship between Goff and McVay? Um, I, I guess how many different things did you learn as you're putting this piece together? You know, it's really interesting because uh, as a reporter, you, you have to rely on your instincts and you have to believe what you're seeing. And what's interesting is, we saw this all play out right before our eyes and you could tell, um, I mean, look, you easily look at week, week eight, you know, that was not good. You look at week 12 when Sean McVay really kind of uh, took aim at Jared Goff with the media and you realize something's really not right. And then again, when, when John Wolford started in that playoff game and Jared didn't start because of the thumb, but Jared Goff was the only available backup, you really raise an eyebrow. So I don't know that really any of this was too surprising. I will say the one part that I thought was interesting and, and maybe a little bit surprising was, um, you know, I had 
sources tell me that Jared's confidence was shaken and um, that there came a point where, you know, he, he kind of wasn't okay um, with his confidence. And I think that Jared Goff, um, for as much grief as he takes and as much kind of, you know, internet uh, armchair quarterbacks as there are, uh, I think that he does a very good job of always presenting himself in the exact same fashion. And I don't know that he ever let on. Um, or showed any emotion that showed that his confidence was shaken, at least not when he was at the podium talking with the media. Uh, you know, we saw a little bit of fire in him, more so than usual after John Wolford um, started. But uh, I think to me that was the most surprising thing was that Jared Goff's confidence was, was shaken by Sean McVay and the lack of confidence there. Um, but he really never showed it in talking with the media. Lindsay Theory from ESPN joining us here on Travis and Sliwa. <laughs> So kind of staying there for a second, Lindsay, I thought it was interesting what you wrote that Sean McVay started to break him down and, and, and break that confidence down. Did he not know that he was doing that to Jared Goff or did he not care that he was doing that to Jared Goff and his, I don't know if it was refusal or, or inability or just decision not to try to rebuild him back up after he'd get into him a little bit? Yeah, you know, that's, that's definitely, that's obviously a quote in the story um, from a league source that we have Um and that was a question that kind of was left a little bit open-ended. Um, and I think that Sean McVay, while he didn't uh, address that specifically, you know, did you um, do that purposely? Did you not realize you were doing that? Sean McVay, to his credit, did say after Jared was traded that he could have been a better leader, that he could have been in those real-time moments a better communicator. Um, so to me, I, t- I, I took that as – Sean McVay admitting, like, there were times when I could have been better during those games for Jared, right? It's to- and here's the thing. It is very normal for a coach to yell at a quarterback on the sideline. Like, we cannot make too much of that. But typically, in a lot of those situations, the coach is going to yell at a quarterback, and eventually it might be 30 seconds later, it might be five minutes later, he'll come back to the quarterback and say, hey, man, we're all good. Okay, here's what we're going to do. And uh, what my reporting really led to was that that, that stopped. There was no circle back. Um, and so I, I think that probably is a lot of what Sean McVay is referring to when he says he could have been a, a better communicator. It's probably those, those moments in games when uh, frustration might have been coming to a peak. Lindsay Theory covers the Rams for uh, ESPN, taking some time to join the Travis and Sliwa show. Um, Lindsay, as we look forward here, how confident are you that the problem with the Rams will be solved by Matt Stafford? And, uh, you know, obviously there's been so much reported about Jared Goff and some of the struggles that he had. And like you just mentioned your story, the lack of confidence from Sean McVay. Um, How do you feel that the solution will be Matt Stafford? And obviously the, the team will rally around him. Yeah, you know, I think it's going to be a really great fresh start for everybody. That includes Jared in Detroit. Uh, you know, there kind of comes a point, and I think this this relationship did come to a point at the end of the season uh, where Jared clearly was the odd man out when you look at Sean McVay, John Wolford, and then Jared. So it, it's kind of like a fresh start success for everybody. That, that includes Sean McVay. That includes Matthew Stafford. Um, you know, it, it's hard to predict how it's going to go. Um, only because we don't really know much about how Matthew Stafford's going to fit in the scheme. And, and, and obviously, he had a great success um, on a personal level in Detroit, but the Lions never really had um, great team success. So that's always a, a factor we don't know about too much. Um, but I think, especially for Sean McVay, having Matthew Stafford is going to really just kind of 
Um, and it already has, right? It's like, excite him again about being a play caller, a play designer. Um, anytime you kind of get a fresh start, it can kind of just reinvigorate you. And I think that's probably what Sean McVay, after, um, you know, obviously giving it his best shot this last year on trying to get that offense going, that's what he needs probably a lot, um, as well as Jared in Detroit. They just, a fresh start is good for everybody. Uh, Lindsay, uh, this is our final one here. Um, we're going to talk later in the show what we're streaming right now. What are we watching? Anything good right now that we need to know about? Oh my gosh, you guys! I think I'm behind on this, but I'm watching Shit's Creek, and I—it <laughs> is so funny. And yeah, I have to one. tell you, so my my fiance and I were watching it. He had to leave for work for a few days. Mm-hmm. Uh, he left off. We were watching together uh, season two, episode two, and by the time he got back four days later. <laughs> I was on season six, episode two, but I deleted the history on Netflix. So, so, so you were watching? Did did he have? Did he have any idea of your game plan behind his back? Uh, I, I think he had a suspicion, but again, deleted the history on Netflix. I will say though that like I cannot keep a secret like that. So I broke down and told him, and so now I'm rewatching it all again a second time, and it's just as funny the second time around. It's awesome, <laughs> fantastic, Lindsay Theory. Highly I'm, recommend. Yeah, no, I'm I'm already I'm with you. It's a fantastic show. <laughs> Thanks a bunch, Lindsay. Appreciate it. Thank you, Lindsay. Thanks, guys. You got it. Kit, Kit Trav, can't you see her just pacing back and forth, wondering like, do I tell him? Do I not tell him? I, I have a I have a confession to make. I have a uh, and they're just oh my goodness! I know what you happened? were gone for a couple days. Yeah, this yeah. is what happened. I've watched all of Shit's Creek. <laughs> ah, no. by the way, that's a that's a real thing. When you're watching, when you're in a oh. when you're oh, in oh, a yeah, you know yes. a show, it's like it's it's a cardinal sin to get an episode or two in front. Okay, so I'm I'm checking the, the door back here because I'm doing the show obviously at home and I'm making sure that the door that my wife can't hear me. Mm-hmm. I just lie. <laughs> I just I just will watch ahead and then I'll just rewatch one or two with her and she's like, "Isn't this good?" And I'm staring at my phone and I'm not paying any attention at all. I'm just like, yeah, it's, "Oh, yeah, that's great. crazy." You're not even watching. Yeah, but he just murdered that guy. Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah. I can't I, believe uh-huh. that happened. <laughs> <laughs> For all I know, she's going through it as well. All right, that was good. I, I you know, we'll come back. We'll talk You're a little bit. You're a freaking liar, Trav. Means. You lied to your wife. That's eh, the little thing. Everybody's got the. Everybody needs a little bit of something that they keep to themselves. Lee, I've been. I'm oh, 22. that's great. Oh wait, hold on. It'll be 24 years for me this year. So I, I'm, I'm hanging in there. 11 shows in, I still don't know what you put in your burrito. Not, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. I'll, I'll tell you about some other things, but we're not there yet. We'll continue that Rams conversation. Plus, 20 years ago this week, oh, yeah. one of the most remarkable big things one. in the history of Major League Baseball happened. We'll tell you what it was. We'll get into some thoughts on that as well. It's coming up. Travis and Sliwa, 710 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. The drier the better. The drier the better. 
The, uh, you know why they have all that other stuff on Thanksgiving, like the potatoes and the the sweet potatoes and the stuffing and all the other mac and cheese. God because- bless God bless my aunts. Twenty years in a row, they have not got the Thanksgiving dinner right. Not one turkey <laughs> I've had in my life on Thanksgiving has it not been dry, just well, completely dry. Turkey is dry. No, but turkey's good. Listen, you put that some avocado on there too. Throw in some. But I, I could already see you're a turkey avocado guy on a sandwich. That's a that's a fantastic sandwich. Yeah, right no, look, a turkey avocado, maybe a little bacon on there. Lettuce, it, it, it's fine. <laughs> it is, it's guys. not a bad sandwich. Always works in the bacon. All the bacon always, always works in. You can. There's so many other wonderful meats to put in there, like pastrami and corn. But you beef said and, underrated. Yeah, well, well, that stuff we already know. Turkey tur- doesn't tur- get turkey doesn't get enough compliments. <laughs> no, but turkey is just like I don't know. It, the turkey is a, a a utility infielder. It's fine. But I want Mookie Betts. Turkey's a DH. <laughs> <laughs> I want Mookie Betts. Mookie some Betts leagues don't. Some leagues don't even have. Some leagues don't even use a DH. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Nothing better than some dry ass turkey. Real, really quick before we go to the next. This one came in. It's too good of an ask Slee not to double back on. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite Mexican restaurant dessert? Hashtag ask Slee. Mexican dessert. All right, horchata is not going to count. No, not really. Um. You a flan guy? Not really. Okay. Churro might be one of the greatest Churro's things uh, yeah, created. All right. Uh, I'd go churro. You're back in the game. Yeah, I'd go churro. In the game. So I, let, let's kind of put a button on the uh, the Jared Goff, um, Sean McVay thing. Because mm-hmm. doing the Rams pre and post for since they've come back, there was a – there was a, a bright red line in Jared Goff's performance that after the Super Bowl season, coming back, he was a different guy. And then last season, he was a different guy. And you and Sean McVay, just you could tell, always said the same thing. I need to do a better job of putting us in a better position. I need to do a better game plan. I need to call better plays, blah, 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 blah. And then just after one of those games, it's our quarterback needs to stop throwing it to the wrong team. Hmm. It just and, and That's not an exact quote, but our quarterback, I think it was our quarterback needs to stop turning the ball over. And, and, and was that Kirk the Niner I, game? I think it was. Mm-hmm. And Kirk and Kirk and I looked at each other like, "Whoa, mm. whoa!" And then we both said, "Yeah, on the coaches show, don't do that." No, very rarely. Yeah, very rarely. And Kirk and I both said, "You know what? Tomorrow morning he's going to walk that back. Tomorrow morning he's going to walk that back." And the next day, when he did not walk it back, you're like, "Oh, this this is over. It might not be over right now." It might not be over at the end of the season, but that relationship is irreparably damaged because the head coach just put it on the quarterback. And apparently in Lindsay's piece, I know that you read it too, Slee, that this was going on behind closed doors as well. Like he was lighting him up and then not building him back up again. So I'm going to read off a quote because you mentioned it and Lindsay referenced it. So this was from a league source. The exact quote was, Sean lost touch with how much he was breaking Jared down, but there's got to be the build back up. McVeigh was either unaware or disinterested in protecting Jared's confidence. Mm-hmm. Kind of says it all right there, right? And I, I, and I think the, you, the, the way you said it, you described was, or did he just not care? I don't think he cared. I think it was either you're going to deliver or you're not, and I'm not going to you know, try to beat around the bush, sugarcoat it. I've already done that. Now i got to come to this. Obviously, Jared never recovered from there. Yeah, you know what I want to give the Rams a ton of credit for? Just a ton of credit for it because very few teams do this. They realized it wasn't going to work, and despite the fact that they'd given him a, a king's ransom of money, they said, you know what, let's get rid of him. 
that usually you just wear it for a long time because look, we gave him a hundred million. We can't get rid of him. We can't get rid of a guy that we just gave a hundred million to five minutes ago. And the Rams did. It, it's 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 risky. It's certainly a big swing, but I love the boldness of it all. This look, we can't. We, we want to win the Super Bowl. We don't want to be pretty good. We don't want to be a contender in the division. We want to win the damn Super Bowl, and we can't do it with that guy. Well, I how, love that. How many teams in sports end up, you know, using a player for X amount of years because they paid him that money, and they don't want to admit they're wrong, and they want to um, ride it out as long as possible? Chad, that happens way more often than. Uh, a franchise swallowing their mistakes, swallowing their pride, and saying, we got to move on. They moved on. Yeah, it was it was the right thing to do. Let's try a quick phone call here. Let's go to Steve in La Habra. Steve, you're on Travis and Sliwa. What's going on? Hey, um, before I get to uh, uh, golf, um, the perfect dessert after a Mexican meal is a shot of tequila. I mean, I mean, what's better for dessert than, than that? Trav, I'm surprised you didn't perfect. answer that way. <laughs> I thought Trav would answer that way. Good call, Steve. After you're done with your meal, because you're kind of you're really stuffed, you're like, oh, I can't have another beer. You know what? No dessert, nothing sweet. Let's have a shot of tequila. And that, that's the way it goes. Um, Lindsay well, is an excellent reporter. One shot of tequila, by the way. But go ahead, Steve. <laughs> Lindsay's an excellent reporter. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what she writes and what she does, you know, following the Rams is excellent. Uh, the, when I knew Jared Goff was in trouble, when I get emails from the Rams, you know, to get season tickets, or you saw the billboards around Orange County in L.A., Jared Goff was no longer in the pictures after about uh, game eight. You know, it was Aaron Donald and a lot of the other guys. Hmm. Jared, Jared Goff's picture was taken out of those. And I think she touched on how um, Coach McVay is going to be really motivated with, with Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford is going to bring a lot more things to the Rams' offense than Jared Goff could. I mean, you'd watch a Rams game. It'd be third and, and eight, and he would just look at Cooper Cup. Like, he'd come up to the line of scrimmage and just look at and stare him the whole way. The whole, everybody knew the ball was going to Cooper Cup. Matthew Stafford's going to look off defenders. He's going to be able to read the defense much better than Jared Goff ever could. And I, I'm honestly saying I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams win two Super Bowls in four years if they could keep the core of this team together. Yeah, I appreciate Thanks for calls, calling Steve. in, Steve. Uh, look, they – they're going to be in the mix, right? What we just talked about. And it's not they're not going to be in the mix to win the NFC West. They're going to be in the mix to win the Super Bowl at least a couple of times over that window that you talked about. Whether they will or not, who knows? Injuries and bad luck and all that stuff can pop up at any point. I don't know. But I, I want to go back to something he said there a second ago, Slee. He said, you know, well, Matt Stafford will look off a receiver and he'll do this and he'll do that. He will. Matt Stafford is better at every single thing a quarterback needs to do than Jared Goff is. There is not one there there's one small box that you could check that Jared Goff would get that Matt Stafford would not and that's that he's younger. That's it. Uh, other than that, Matt Stafford throws the deep ball better. He's more athletic, he's more elusive, he makes more plays off script, he's more experienced, he's more, you know, Jared Goff has, I guess, more playoff experience and more playoff victories, but that felt a lot like it had to do with Todd Gurley and Aaron Donald and Sean McVay uh, than it did with Sean, than it did with Jared Goff in a lot of those games. Well, I, listen, and I know you've, you've referenced that a couple different times, and you might be 100% right, still give him credit, I mean, Jared Goff... Um, I, I know at the end of the day, you want that quarterback position. If, if that quarterback's not going to win you games, he can't lose you games. And one of the things you mentioned to me right when that trade went down was, look, I, I could I could sense it in your voice. You were giddy. You were excited. You're like, Matthew Stafford, now you, now you, you felt like now you have a legitimate chance to go get a Super Bowl, and we'll see what that combination is. Because I think Sean McVay, something that Lindsey mentioned as well, um, he has a responsibility too. 
to not breaking down the quarterback. When we talk about yes. th- that is part of his job. And, and if if he lost a ton of confidence because he felt like the coach no longer has confidence in him, part of that is on Sean McVay. And I'm not saying Sean McVay, you know, is not wrong or he, he didn't have reason to do that, but there is there should be some type of a balance where he can balance the two. Okay. I'm gonna be dad Travis here for a second. Mm-hmm. You ready? This is a lot like when you finally hit the breaking point with your kids and you scream and act like a maniac. And after you do it, you realize it was a really bad idea and it doesn't work. But if you say, hey, um, pick that towel up off the floor when you're done with the shower. Next day, hey, uh, pick up that towel off the floor when you're done with your shower. (laughs) Hey, pick up that towel off the floor. What? What? And then you just you go crazy Uh because you've been saying it every day for a month. And then at some point you just go, what is the matter with you? How hard is it to pick the damn towel up and hang it on the rack instead of leaving it on the floor where I have to, you know, over and over. And you scream and you yell and you act like a a crazy person. And then when you're done, two things happen. You feel a little bit better because you got it out. And two, you realize that's not going to work. So then you go, but I get it. So when Sean McVay is looking at Jared Goff and he holds the ball too long and he holds the ball too long, hey, Jared, let's make sure that ball comes out a little quicker. Next week, hey Jared, let's make sure that ball comes out a little quicker. Hey Jared, you can let's only, make sure you that can ball only say comes it so many quicker. times. You can only say it mm-hmm. so many times before eventually you're going to walk into that press conference and they say, "Hey coach, what happened today?" He keeps throwing it to the wrong damn team. He won't put his towel on the rack. He keeps leaving it on the floor. That's what it was. And unlike a child, you can trade a quarterback. <laughs> Trav, I, I, uh, I, I stopped for a second there because I'm trying. I'm imagining that that's exactly the scenario that was playing out at the Rogers household. So that's why I was, I was just sitting there. I'm like, I don't feel like Travis just pulled that out of nowhere. <laughs> Look, you, it's they're wonderful, and I love them deeply. There are days where it's a little tougher than others. How about that? We'll leave it at that. Okay, we, 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 you, you you started talking about this, and we could do this coming back. Yeah. Um. Today's the 20-year anniversary. Are we going to say it, or are we we saving it, saving no. what it is? Let's 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 tease it, right? We'll do we'll do the radio tease thing. The 20th anniversary of something that, if you are even a quasi baseball fan, even a quasi sports pitcher, you saw it too. Pitcher Animal. tall throws real hard. That's coming up next. Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Good. You want to be the one that gets the sidebar text. That means that you're the one that he does that he does like. It's the one. It's the other guys in the group that should be worried. Am I right, Slee? The music is all I paid attention to that entire <laughs> it's time. It's a little. It's a little um, overly romantic, <laughs> shall we say? And I, I don't know how how that was the theme and then even Morales saying he's texting me on the side like how he said it. it's like Chris where are you going with this yeah he's he's got some deals too we've all got deals and Chris is on the list as well uh, all right uh a quick one here this is from Capitano Matt on Twitter he says by, by I the found way, a way by the way bring... Trav by the yeah. way still no Woj bomb still nothing it's pretty quiet how tomorrow is this maybe? happening 
tomorrow, maybe after the games tonight, everything's done. We'll yeah, get uh, a little bit of action. Uh, this is from Capitano Matsley. It's to mm-hmm. both of us. It says, I found a way to bring Harmony back to the show, and this is bacon-wrapped stuffed chicken. So you said you could have chicken every single day, multiple times a day, and this one's wrapped in bacon, so we could both eat this, and it would be wonderful. Are you uh, are you a fan of, uh, are you eating a lot of international food? Are you doing Indian food? Are you doing a lot of Japanese food? I, I, I feel... I'm going to I'm I'm going to kind of this is what I think. I think yeah. you're very much steak and potatoes. No, that's not true. I I'm pretty eclectic. I'll kind of go everywhere. I'm a huge fan of Mexican food. Mm-hmm. Um love Japanese food is a is a regular occurrence in the Rogers household. Um I do Chinese occasionally. Yeah, okay, actually I'm uh, a little some surprised. Thai, some Thai gets brought in occasionally. Not not a ton of Indian. Um but yeah, we'll we'll branch out a little bit. I thought you'd go to a Japanese restaurant and say I want a steak. And I want no. some potatoes, and I want some broccoli. I want some greens on there, too. Keyshawn humiliated me at dinner one night. We, it was me, Chris, uh, LZ, and Key, and we were out. Uh, Raj was there, too, and we, mm-hmm. were, we were eating, and I ordered a, uh, an ahi dish, right? And before Key had started to cut into his food, I had you were at all Applebee's. You got an ahi. <laughs> <laughs> and it, uh, it went down fast. So, yeah, I, uh, I can get after some of that stuff for okay. sure. Okay. All right. 20 years ago, Randy Johnson, in a spring training game, Mm -hmm. uncorks a Randy Johnson fastball and just basically... You know, obliterates How does a this dove or a pigeon or something that happened to be going across in the middle of the field at the exact wrong time and just poof, a puff of feathers, a dead bird, and a moment that made Major League Baseball history that had nothing to do with baseball. I uh, So on Twitter, I think it was yesterday, just randomly, right? That, that starts coming up on the feed. I'm like, well, why are they showing this? And, of course, you watch it because that, that's not a video. Um, we've seen it so many times. <laughs> I'm not saying we're watching it every day. But it's such a it, – it's how does this – how did that timing happen? <laughs> Randy Johnson's probably throwing a 95 to 99-mile-per-hour fastball and the timing of a bird or a pigeon <laughs> or whatever it was it- – just if you blew, tried to do it, it would take you a million years to try to hit that thing. It just blew up right in front of you. Just, just blew it, up right in front of you. You you had you actually had an interesting point. We were talking about this a little bit earlier today, and we're trying to think. You you said that's the first thing you think of when you think of Randy Johnson. It is, it is, and 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 I think it's a little unfair to Randy Johnson, quite frankly. A little, <laughs> the, the, because one of the, well, one of the but greatest. Lee, think about it. Mm-hmm. It is so. Iconic. It's so weird. It, it is. It's so unique. It's all of those things that because look, if you're a baseball fan, you'll get this. If you're maybe a more casual baseball fan, let me explain this to you. If you're making a list of the greatest pitchers of all time, mm-hmm. and you get past four or five and haven't written down the name Randy Johnson, you did it wrong. Mm. <laughs> He's that good. Mm-hmm. He 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 is an extraordinary pitcher who pitched for a very long time at a very high level, one World Series. He just he's he's an extraordinary talent. But when I think of him, I think of him blowing that damn bird up in spring training. Mm-hmm. I do. I uh, to this day think he should have been arrested. I thought it was on purpose. <laughs> okay, okay. I don't know if you did this on purpose, but here's the thing. What. It was. I think Dave Winfield was playing for the Angels at the time. I know okay. it was Dave Winfield, and I think it was the Angels. He was. Uh, they were playing the Blue Jays, mm-hmm. and he was warming up in the outfield before the game, right, mm-hmm. playing catch. And mm-hmm. he said to the bat boy or whoever he was playing catch with, the other guy, he goes, hey, you see that seagull flying across? Oh, Watch geez. this. Never expecting to hit it, right? Nailed it. Did. Did hit it. 
<laughs> and got in all sorts of trouble with what you're talking. So you must have relatives in Canada that wanted to pick up Dave Winfield like you wanted to pick up uh, the big unit. Yeah, that's not uh, that's not a good idea. Who was it? Was it Ginobili during a game? Do you remember the one of the games of the Spurs? The bat. Yeah. Okay. Doesn't so, it, by the way, doesn't Ginobili seem like that guy that what? There's a bat in here. Yeah, I got it. I got okay. it. Everybody else, by the way, it, there's a bat. I got it. I mean, that just it seems like. Ginobili's such a legend that just add that to his resume. Couple of things. Okay. You got to have just wicked quick hands to knock that thing out of the air the way he mm-hmm. did. And then number two, and this is deeply disturbing, he just picked it up and went threw it in the trash yeah, can. Yeah, ruthless. What, what? Like he picked up a quarter that was on the floor and just put it in his pocket or something. Is there any scenario that exists mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where Alan Sliwa picks up a dead bat with his bare hand and just flicks it into the trash can. Like, if you came into your house and you opened the door... I got a whatever. story for you. Okay, hit me. I don't even know if I should tell the story, but nope, I'm going to tell the story. That, that, that means not, you absolutely should. Okay, it's not that bad of a story, but just kind of explains the... This is the extreme that I would go. Happened here. A couple days ago here at the station. What's today? Today's Wednesday. Lakers had a game. Last Lakers home game, I think it was a Sunday. Okay, mm-hmm. I think it was a uh, Sunday, Saturday. Saturday. The Hawks. Okay, whatever it was, Friday, Saturday, whatever it was. <laughs> I don't remember. Okay, at this point, I'm walking through the lobby. Cockroach, good size one. Uh-huh. I don't know how this is happening in LA Live, but it was happening in LA Live. Okay, I had one of two things that I could do: I could walk away like nothing happened, or I can help out the community. Stepped on the bad boy, got a paper towel, put it, you know, whatever. Took it to the bathroom, threw it away. Sometimes you guys got to do those moves, and it's not something that I want to do by any stretch, but when you're in the predicament, you just got to do it, and you had to do it. That's so, not a bat. I know it's not a bat, but this thing it, was this thing was, uh, it was it a small bird. That's how big this thing was. <laughs> yeah, but you at least had the uh, humanity to go get a paper towel to scoop it up off no, the ground. No, I had to clean it you up. You didn't just pick it up and drop it in the can with your bare hand. No, no, no. You had, you had to go. You had to. I, I game planned this. Like This was like, okay, let me go in, in the kitchen real quick and, and come back. <laughs> and I mean, I had to... To position myself here. I, I would have and I run. That there's nothing worse than cockroaches. Nothing. disgusting. I would have run out of the room. <laughs> I would have immediately filed a complaint with HR that I was in a hostile work environment. I would have sued the company. <laughs> I, I, I would have formed a class action suit with all of my uh, fellow employees that we are working in an environment that is not safe for human beings. That is not okay with me. was not okay. Right out the lobby, too. Like I just come out the elevator and it's just sitting there as if, yeah, it was injured too. So I knew I had time. It was so, injured, so I don't know what happened to it before me, but I had time to go get the paper towels and come back. Where our house sits, um, mm-hmm. we're kind of at the bottom of a hill. So there's mm-hmm. a hillside that goes up out of our backyard, and then there's another home on this top is, of us. This is the country club. <laughs> no, it's not a country. I wish that would be. That's across the street. <laughs> For those who don't know, Travis's home is on Zillow right now. Five point four million is the estimated. Oh my gosh! Value. Did, speaking of, and I know this is in the dump, but you probably, <laughs> did you see what the In and Out heiress is selling her house for? No, I did not see it. Okay, so she is the In and Out heiress baller. She's got a home in Bradbury, which is in the San Gabriel Valley. It's kind of by mm-hmm. Arcadia and um, Duarte and that that area. Okay. Uh, it's got. Let me just give you an idea, and then I'll get you can guess the price. It's mm-hmm. got a, a tennis court. It's got a basketball court. That's it's okay. got a golf course, mm-hmm. and it's about twelve thousand square feet. What do you mean it's got a golf course? It's got a golf course in the back. It's got like 
golf greens and tees and bunkers. It's got a golf course. It's not like, you know, Riviera, but it's it's a golf course. It's a few holes. Heard of the Masters? They do yeah. the, they practice there. <laughs> <laughs> you want to take a stab? Golf course, tennis court, basketball court, pool, and I think it was about 10,000 square feet. Um And what what's the area called? Say it again. It's in Bradbury. Bradbury. Yeah, it's by it's by Arcadia, Dewarty, um, Monrovia, that area over there. All right, let's go. Uh, let's go twelve mil. Not pretty close. Okay. Sixteen and a half is what it's listed as. Mm. You in the market? Uh, I've been put the, a bid in. I've been the market. I'll pay her monthly to shoot around at the hoop. That's all I could do. Use it as like a gym. You could, yeah, you, you're going to use her backyard as an LA Fitness. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You had, oh. by the way, you had some, uh, you had some other players here. So we had Randy Johnson. You remember Randy Johnson as mm-hmm. great as he was? That's what you remember him for. Well, the ultimate, the ultimate in that category of great athlete, okay. legendary athlete mm-hmm. that's remembered for something that has nothing to do with their play on the field is the juice. Yeah, right. I OJ. mean, n- nobody's because you forget because of the stuff. Mm-hmm. You know. By the way, there, there's a there's another great one. Who, who am I? Who am I talking about? Soccer player on the biggest stage that you'll only remember him for as great as he was, as legendary as you, as he was, you remember that one moment. You know who I'm talking about? If it's a soccer thing, I probably don't. Uh, Zinedon. Zinedon Zidane. Oh, he missed that. Oh, he headbutted that dude. Headbutted the dude yeah, in the yeah, World yeah, Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did remember and that. And everybody, it, as great of it. And, and, yeah, but he didn't chop up a waiter and, and his yeah, wife that's, and that's, then run away from it. That's different. That's definitely different. That that's I mean that that's the thing that we remember him for, and the chase and the trial and all of those other. There's things. only there's only a few. I mean, Tyson maybe when he bit Evander, but yeah, yeah, that, that's the one. one. You got to do something because Tyson, what what was the heavyweight champ for? I don't know how long years. OJ was the best running back of his era, and arguably still, if you put all the other stuff aside, as hard as it might be. He might be the greatest running back to have ever played football, mm. and you just don't think about that. And Randy Johnson well, that, might be the greatest left-hander of all time. The last thing you think about with OJ, at least for me, is football. Yeah. Yeah. You almost think of the Naked Gun movies before you think <laughs> of the football stuff, right? I mean, it's... Fair. Fair. I mean, he's you think of the he was in prison for a long time mm-hmm. for stealing back his football cards. Mm-hmm. He's had a life, Alan. He's, 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 he's very, had some days. Very interesting life uh, he's definitely had. By the way... Uh, uh, real quick here, uh-huh. um, this coverage on ESPN LA 710 is brought to you by Santa Monica Lincoln, your Los Angeles Lincoln dealership for sales and service. We appreciate their partnership on the show. Yes, we do. I can tell that you're not as nearly as excited about OJ Talk as I am because it's my favorite topic in the history of the world. The documentary was as good as it gets, uh, that six-part? how many, how many? Something like six or seven, yeah. As good as it gets. Yeah. But I'm probably not down the – yeah, I, I could see you spending a lot of time. Did you watch the the uh, miniseries on FX, The People versus O.J. Simpson? Yeah. That was great. But wait, isn't that – oh, yeah, that's right. The People versus O.J. No, Simpson is – that's the one is, with where John Travolta is playing uh, – uh, Fantastic. Robert, uh, that one was fantastic Shapiro. too. Yep. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll dedicate a show coming up. All O.J. reminiscing. You ready for that? I need some. I need to do my homework. <laughs> well, you don't need to do homework for this because coming up next is the last segment of the show, which we call Alan the final thoughts. Wrong. The dump coming up next <laughs> on Travis and Sliwa, seven ten ESPN. 
Seasley, Chris will say it. He doesn't like it any more than you, but he'll at least power through it and say it. Your giggle <laughs> that you had just listening to all that. Uh, 14-year-olds, literally. I, I get a kick out of it. All right, let's start the dump with a, uh, a couple of tweets here very quickly. This one is from uh, John Stevens. That's a new name that I don't recognize, Slee. Okay. I want to say hey to all of our new guys. Uh, thank you for sending this, John. It says, the Lakers will stun the Sixers at home tomorrow about. night. What, what do you think? About. Is that yeah. possible? I tweeted out yesterday right before the game started. Okay? Mm-hmm. Literally, in my exact words, Lakers are winning tonight. By halftime, I'm like, that was a really stupid tweet. And it was my <laughs> confidence in the Lakers making it happen. No, I, I don't think so tomorrow. Tough one. I mean, we look, we talked about this. We are hoping during the show maybe there'd be some conversation, some type of rumors. We haven't heard anything. NBA trade deadline rumors. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Uh, is a, there is a rumor out there, Slee, saying that the Pelicans are considering buying out J.J. Redick. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, no, that would be interesting. And, and that he didn't play yesterday, neither did Lonzo. Maybe there's something towards that. Well, Lonzo plays about 40% of the games every season, come so on. that's not a come huge surprise. Come on. By the way. No, I, no, no, you come on. That's true. That dude does not play a ton of basketball. It, he is the anti-LeBron, and I'm not talking about just playing style. I'm talking about the going through and pushing through things that might be a little It's so weird because I don't know of a player who gets, you know, pride at and gets shots taken at him, not just you, just in general. Lonzo gets so many shots taken at him. Like, go after the All-Stars. Can't they pick pick on uh, some of these players that are actually, you know, the expectations good. are not what, what they should have been for Lonzo. The, the good players. All right, here's, here's another one. This is to both of us. You're right, Slee. Trav is very much a steak and potatoes and a wings and pizza and sushi and burritos and ice cream and fried chicken and nachos and burgers and tacos and pasta and hot dogs. That's look, you are not plus, discriminating. I really did. I really did think that you were. Nah, I just need more steak. Yeah, but you have steak. Yeah, I'll take some more steak. Steak's good. I mean, I'm not gonna send it back, but that's uh, you know, it's it's just one of the many things on the palette of food in 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 the universe. If there's one thing that's been tough in the food game. Getting a good steak and eating it the right way and all that stuff, going to a restaurant or even you know bringing it home or even the outdoor dining, steak needs to be indoor, comes oh, yeah. out piping hot, and you just start eating right away. That, that experience has been tough. That or at home, or you need to make it yourself. Those are the only two ways to do it for sure. All right, today is National Cheese Steak Day. Slee, are you a cheese steak guy? Not really. No? Not really. You? Well, like, a, um, like, a, like a Philly cheese steak? Yeah. Yeah, Tomorrow, I mean, I, Lakers, again, Philly. It's it's not on the list of things I won't have. It's not something I see, I search out. But if all of a sudden you find yourself in a in a situation where there are Philly cheesesteaks around, you're certainly going to have one or two. Are you are you a whiz? Or are you a provolone guy? I would do provolone, but I, I I do like the yeah. If you're around and you find yourself in a cheesesteak situation, I I just love that 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 setup. The setup of there there's many situations in your life where. That's a scenario that comes up, and you have to make a decision. Well, so all right, let me let me paint the picture for you. Mm-hmm. So the the picture is you're out. 
getting a little late. Can I will if it? I was if I was in Philly, hundred percent. I would go to those authentic places, try them out. I'd even Gino's do the dip. Pats. You know how they dip or whatever. Yeah, well, that no, see, that's not the cheesesteak. That's the French dip that you dip, right? But don't uh, don't some of those cheesesteaks? I, th- I thought there's the Italian beef out of Chicago. That's has what it like is, the Italian dip. beef. Yeah, yeah, th- those are those are good. Mm-hmm. They come with those chopped pickled vegetables on the top. Those are, that's that's pretty good too. But a, a cheese. So this is the scenario: you're out mm-hmm. and you're thinking you're gonna hit you're gonna hit a diner or something before you call it a night, right? And you're sitting there and you're thinking, I'm going to go, you know, burger and fries or whatever. Maybe like your point, you're going to do a little late night breakfast. You can get some bacon and eggs, maybe some pancakes, maybe both. You're thinking you're doing that. So then, then all of a sudden on a plate, the waitress goes by with the plate. and You're like, ooh, cheesesteak. Hmm. That doesn't sound, I haven't had one of those in a while. That's how just a cheesesteak is there. That's the universe telling you, you should probably eat this cheesesteak. Is there a day of for everything? Because we did uh, two weeks ago, we did day, we did yes. clam chowder or something along those lines, right? There's a chili <laughs> yeah. day. I mean, there's basically a day for everything. It sounds like it. Um, let's see what else we got. Oh, okay, National Chocolate Covered Raisin Day. Where are uh, you no, on raisins? I'm good. I'm good. Love grapes. Don't need uh don't need raisins. You don't want a grape that's been sitting on the counter for a couple of months. By the way, chocolate. I'm I'm good with you know almonds or cashew you know chocolate covered yep. all the the whole all those different types of the the, yeah. the nuts or whatever the case is but not raisins no that, that doesn't do it for me good more for me because i'll eat i'll eat some raisins <laughs> it's national chip and dip day dip eh. like see now we're getting in there like if we're doing like some buffalo chicken dip that's pretty good because it's got shredded chicken in it some cream cheese some frank's red hot sauce but i'm not like a onion dip guy necessarily i'm assuming chips and guacamole i'm that's assuming good. chips and salsa I'm, I'm assuming that type of a dip Ooh, so I, I i really don't know the answer to this i've never really thought is salsa a dip or is it salsa i guess it's a dip right i would put it in that category wouldn't it be I, I i don't have a reason why it wouldn't be but this is very dangerously close to is a hot dog a sandwich conversation right is a hot dog a sandwich? I, I take it's got it you've bread had, and meat. I, I've taken you've had this conversation. Yeah, I, w- I would call it a sandwich. Eh, I, I, I don't have a reason why it's not, other than we well, you know what it is. It's an appetizer. We've already covered that. It's a warm up. Happy birthday to Peyton Manning, who turns forty five years old today. Hmm. Um, Tom Brady's still playing. Peyton Manning feels like he's been retired for twenty years. Remember that <laughs> rivalry? Remember yeah. that rivalry? How big that rivalry was. And now his rivalry is with another 25-year-old in the league. How's that possible? I, I don't know. I don't because how, how does Manning, your rivalry go from Peyton Manning? We're sitting here saying he's 45, and Brady's still in there at 43. His rival is Patrick Mahomes, and he's still winning Super Bowls <laughs> and beating him. If I would Jesus. have said to you, just said, "Hey, it's Pey- it's Peyton Manning's birthday. How old do you think he was? Would you have gotten? I, I would have thought 45. I would have thought older." Me too. Yeah, I would have guessed closer to 50. Yeah, I'm with you. Partially because he couldn't move. it. And the, Manning's another one of those guys that, amazing career, multiple-time Super Bowl winner, mm-hmm. multiple-time Super Bowl um, appearances. But it he, and I can't even put my finger on it. He threw for 50 billion yards mm-hmm. and 50 billion touchdowns. But it always felt like Manning just wasn't quite the guy that you wanted in that moment. The word- Tom Brady was that guy. Mahomes is that guy. Joe Montana, John Elway, they all felt like that guy. Manning always felt like, yeah, he's got a real good chance to win it, but I don't know. You never said you never you never said clutch, right? You never with yeah, clutch and Peyton Manning never really went. Actually Eli was more clutch. I mean some of those Super Bowls, right? I mean just the it it is a surprise because he did 
Let me give kind of a good example. Tell me if this is a good example. Is Kershaw a good example where he broke so many regular season stats, was so amazing, but in the biggest moments, I don't know if you wanted that individual with the game on the line. That is an incredible comparison because I – the, the only, because they, it's, they got their it's chips spot on. so it's good you know they they got those they got those rings so they're both good they're both good but here the the small difference i think there's let me start with the similarity the similarity i think is both of both clayton kershaw and peyton manning are notorious for their attention to detail mm-hmm. that they just are they are meticulous in their preparation for getting ready to go do their jobs quarterback and pitcher they're both unbelievably successful at what they've done. Mm-hmm. But they were both also that guy that when stuff would just go a little bit off schedule, it really seemed to rattle them. They mm-hmm. didn't seem to quite be their normal selves. Was it a Super Bowl, World Series, or whatever it is, they both did it. The big difference, though, I think is, is that while Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl in Indianapolis, he didn't play great. While Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl in Denver, really it wasn't nothing of to him. do with it at <laughs> right. all. He was just kind of a long for yeah, He did yeah. nothing in that one. Peyton Manning was maybe not the re- or excuse me Clayton Kershaw wasn't the reason they won the World Series but he was one of the reasons they won the World Series last year so maybe a slight edge to Kershaw. Um, okay, before uh, before we go here, have you been watching some of these March Madness games? I have. I, I've gotten how about into this? it more than I thought I would. What a I mean, how great is Sunday going to be? I UCLA and yep. USC, I, it's, it's really an amazing story. It, it really is an amazing story for the Pac-12, which, by the way, in my bracket, I was so anti-Pac-12 this year because I'm like, why would I Why would I pick the Pac-12? Pac-12, every time I've picked them because I want them to win, mm-hmm. end up losing. This year I don't pick them. They're all just I, flourishing. That's funny you say that because I did the exact – I do the exact opposite. I always home for the West Coast because I the East Coast people always do their thing, so I'm like, fine, I'm going to do that out mm-hmm. here. Um and I don't know how I'm doing because I haven't really looked at it all that closely, but I picked Pac-12 teams like w- to go deep into this thing. I even think I had Oregon State into the Sweet 16 just because. So I may be doing okay. I should probably go check that at Well, some they can't play each other, but I think they could play in the semifinals, UCLA and USC. I mean, tough games. UCLA's yeah. got Alabama. I actually think SC will get past Oregon. If they get past Oregon, I think Gonzaga's next. I know nothing about college basketball other than what I've watched in the last week, but in the games I have watched, nobody looked better than Oregon against Iowa. They look like they look like a borderline NBA team. They were so athletic. SC versus so Kansas. Fast. SC dominated Kansas. They smoked thirty Kansas. plus points. Well, Slee, we got lots of time not to do this. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Travis and Slee was seven ten ESPN.